Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It is June the 14th, 2023. The Orioles are 42 and 24 on the season, picking up a fifth straight win in beating the Toronto Blue Jays last night, an 11 to 6 victory that opened up their three-game series. In the process, the Orioles have gone to 18 games above 500 for the first time for the team since they were at that level on July the 25th. 2016. So it's been nearly seven full years since the last time the team was 18 games over 500. The Orioles, with their victory on Tuesday night, now are six games ahead of the Blue Jays in the standings, holding steady at four games above the New York Yankees, who were also victorious on Tuesday. The Rays game will be ending after I am finished recording this podcast since they are in Oakland. If the Rays beat the Athletics, then the Orioles will be five games back of the division-leading Rays. If they lose, the Orioles will be four back. So the Orioles are now at a point where they can go for a 500 record from here and finish with 90 wins. And it's pretty cool to get to the point where you can say, okay, 500 from here, and you get to 90 wins. I Certainly, everyone is going to be hoping that the Orioles can do better than 500 from here. They're way better than 500 so far since they are winning games at a clip of 636 right now. So, you know, but the other thing is, if you get to 90 wins, what does that even get a team in the AL East this year? Uh, If you're lucky, it gets you 
the third wild card spot, I guess. And if you're not lucky, it leaves you outside of the playoffs because it seems like all of the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Astros, and even the Angels are going to be in the mix to possibly finish with 90 or more wins. So it could be, despite the fact that the uh, the playoffs have expanded and there's now three wildcard teams, 90 might not even get you there. So, you know, the Orioles, I guess, are going to have to continue to win above a 500 pace, which the good thing is we're now through 41% of the season and the Orioles, as I said, have a 636 winning percentage. So that's a pretty good sign. This is beyond, I think, anyone's wildest expectations that they might have had for the season this year. But, you know, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, and we are going to have to see what ends up happening with the Orioles. They are not fortunate enough to be located in the AL Central, whose division leader is now uh, just about 500. They entered play Tuesday uh, just at 500. And they were nearly below 500, except they got a 4 1 uh, rally to walk off the Milwaukee Brewers on Tuesday night. So that got the Twins staved off going below 500 as the division leader. They're now 34 and 33. So, yeah, the Orioles are not fortunate enough to be in that division. But let's talk about Tuesday's game some more because that was freaking awesome. The Orioles got a season high in hits with 17, a season high in home runs with four. There was a Gunnar Henderson grand slam that really blew the game open, took it from 4-1 to one to 8-1 to one in the third inning. That is now the third game in a row that Gunnar Henderson has hit a home run. There were also home runs by Adam Frazier, Ryan O'Hearn, and Aaron Hicks. And Frazier now has eight home runs for the 2023 Orioles after getting three home runs in 156 games played last year. Aaron Hicks is on an 11-game on-base streak since joining the Orioles and has a 1.155 OPS in that stretch of time. Ryan O'Hearn, a bit below that in 25 games with the Orioles, has a 991 OPS. So those guys are doing pretty good. These are still, of course, very small sample sizes for them, but looking like pretty good relative bargain basement pickups. And the Orioles, just, they, they put an absolute beating on Chris Bassett, the who I talked about in the last couple of episodes as a uh, guy who maybe the Orioles should have signed this past offseason. Well, after giving up eight earned runs in three innings pitched on Tuesday, uh, Bassett now has a 4.02 ERA, and uh, his luck has evened out some more. Or he was just bad on Tuesday night, but either way, he was maybe due to have his ERA inflate to get closer to his FIP, and Orioles batters took care of that for him. For the Orioles, Dean Kramer had a six-inning pitched, two-earned run uh, outing, which lowered his ERA a little bit, which he needs to do some more because even after that outing, he's still at a 4.74 ERA. Uh, It wasn't the greatest outing for Kramer on Tuesday night, although he clearly did get the job done. And once the Orioles kind of blew the game open, he was able to go and get some more uh, innings through the game, which not every Orioles starting pitcher who's been in that situation this year has been able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, good job for Kramer. Uh, He didn't walk anybody, so that's always good, especially once he had a significant lead 
he did ha- end up scattering, mostly scattering eight hits over six innings. So whatever, if you wanted to pick, but you know, six innings, two runs, that's pretty good. And you know, against the Blue Jays offense, which is also no slouch. So that was a lot that was good about the game. There were some bad things about it, namely that the Orioles led the game by an 11 to two score going into the eighth inning. And still when the game ended, Felix Bautista was throwing in the bullpen. And the biggest reason that happened is because Austin Voth, who really should have been able to pitch the final two innings of garbage time when he came in to the top of the eighth inning, ultimately was only able to record one out. He allowed a home run to the first batter he saw and then had a total of four batters reach base, gave up two runs over one-third of an inning. And following him, CNL Perez gave up two runs in one and one-third of an inning. Although, to be fair to Perez, he had a lot of bad luck with ground balls. That included Adam Frazier mishandling the transfer on what probably should have been a game-ending double play ball on the ground. But even so, CNL Perez now has a whip of 2, 2.000 in 27 games pitched this season. So there's only so many excuses you can really make for that. I think that there's something that needs to be done about that. And I don't think that the thing that needs to be done is having CNL Perez pitch better. I think the time has come to just have him probably banished from the roster and have him replaced in the bullpen with, I would say, based on Norfolk results, Nick Vespi. But the Orioles had Vespi up for literally one day, and he didn't pitch, and they sent him back to the minors. So they clearly think differently than me. I don't know. Uh, Austin Voth is now at a 4.94 ERA, and he's really had two failures in a row in a game where the Orioles offense scored a lot, and the team just really needed to get multiple innings out of him where he also did that in the May 31st game against the Guardians, where I think the Orioles really needed him to get like four innings. And he ended up going only two and a third. And that was the game they lost 12 to eight, where just everything stupid happened. And I think both not being able to go as many innings as the Orioles thought was really kind of the cascading failure there. Fortunately, on Tuesday night's victory, all that happened was Mike Bauman had to come into the game and... Felix Bautista threw a few pitches in the bullpen. So I don't know. Um, One guy that might have replaced Voth, you might have thought as a possible Voth replacement before the season was Noah Denoyer, who just got sent to the great DFA in the sky on Tuesday immediately before the game. It was like a five minutes before the game roster move. Uh, And that's because Denoyer has walked 22 batters in 30 and a third innings with Norfolk. So They added him to the 40-man roster. Unfortunately, as I said when I discussed him on uh, on his episode of the prospect of the episode on this podcast, uh, he was trending towards a guy who would be added and removed in short order. So, sorry, Noah. We'll see if you get through waivers, and if so, better luck continuing in Norfolk. Maybe you can get yourself back on the radar. So I don't usually talk about individual roster moves on this show because roster moves just move quickly, but... The one on Tuesday was interesting because it involved Ryan Mountcastle going to the injured list with what the team said is vertigo, which was apparently a symptom of his recent illness. And with Mountcastle coming off, of course, no, it was not Jordan Westberg. They ended up calling up a third catcher. Mark Colesbury was selected from Norfolk. Why a third catcher? I don't know. I think probably it's going to be a short-term addition. 
it's not the worst idea to have a third catcher on the 40-man roster, which the Orioles did not have. And that is so you don't have to DFA someone if there is an injury to one of the catchers who's here. Colesbury can be optioned this year. So it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he is optioned before the team even gets on the plane to go to Chicago for Friday's game. We'll see. Colesbury was claimed by the Orioles in October, removed from the 40-man over the offseason, although he's still in the organization. Probably not going to be here for very long. One way you know that is because he's only played in 10 big league games before now. He had a 688 OPS in those games. And this is the real kicker. Uh, He was playing for Norfolk this year, 20 games with a 515 OPS. So it's not like, okay, he's the hot-hitting guy and they just had to get his bat here. No, for some reason, they just think, okay, we need a third catcher for a few days. I don't know why the Orioles keep thinking this, uh, but they keep doing it. Whatever. It didn't hurt them any on Tuesday night. They kicked the stuffing out of the Blue Jays. As for Mountcastle, he's got that vertigo. I hope he. I hope that he gets well soon. Uh, the unfortunate fact is he doesn't need to rush back because his 186 batting average over the last 28 days and uh, 686 OPS for the season so far mean that he wasn't really, uh, other than that one game where he drove in nine runs, he has not really been part of the the big part of the Orioles' success so far. He'd been losing playing time, especially against right-handed pitchers, to Ryan O'Hearn already. So, yeah, Mountcastle, get well. Take as long as you need on a rehab assignment. Hopefully something down there will help him click and get him more like maybe the form that he had in 2021 when he hit 33 home runs because he's sure not showing that form this year. Tonight, for the Orioles playing the Blue Jays, where the Orioles will go for a sixth straight victory, they will be facing Jose Barrios, who is having a bounce-back year this year after posting a 5.23 ERA for the Jays last year. This year, he's got a 3.61 ERA and a 3.85 FIP across 13 starts, averaging about six innings per game started. He'll uh, be facing off against Kyle Bradish for the Orioles. Bradish has a 4.25 ERA, which at this moment, when adjusting for park and league in the OPS plus stat, gets him 1% below league average with a 99 OPS plus. So Bradish, you know, that's about what you can tolerate for a back end of the rotation pitcher. And as long as he doesn't get completely lit up on Wednesday night, he'll continue to be in that range. Neither of these pitchers appeared in the last O's versus Jays series in which the Orioles swept the Blue Jays in Toronto, so it'll be a fresh look for both of these guys against the opposing team's offense. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you have a take you'd like to get off your chest or a question for me to answer in a future episode, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com. And last time when I dipped into the mailbag, I was made aware that in using the name of a prominent search engine, I accidentally activated somebody's at-home device. So if that also happened to you, I'm sorry. I will try to not do that in the future. Thank you to everyone who has written into the mailbag so far. So before I wrap up, I'm going to cover a quick prospect of the episode. We are now down to number 29, so I'm going to uh, get to the end of the list in the next episode after this. There were three guys tied for 30. I can breeze through all of them, unfortunately for them, in one episode next time. But for this episode, we've got right-handed pitcher Juan Nunez, who the Orioles acquired from the Twins in last year's Jorge Lopez trade. I think he was kind of the third player in that trade, maybe even the fourth, depending on how you would have looked at Yeni or Cano at this time uh, last year. And by the way, Jorge Lopez with the Twins, he's now pitched 47 and two-thirds innings with them after having thrown 48 and one-third innings as Orioles as an Orioles reliever in 2022. So basically the same as his Orioles success. He's got a 4.34 ERA for the Twins, about equal performance after getting traded last year as so far this year, a big home run problem this year, and his strikeouts are down over 20% since he was with the 2022 Orioles. So, you know, again, that trade, not very popular at the time, but it looks like not only did it give the Orioles a possible boost for the future, but it was probably a boost in the near present just by relieving themselves of having Lopez uh, go through this probably likely regression. So, you know, what can you do about that? Well, they traded him is what they did. So Juan Nunez, he was an international amateur signing, but he only signed a few weeks before his 19th birthday. So that makes him an atypical guy in that group of players. They usually sign when they're 16. He was uh, a late find and he signed in 2019 uh, in the fall. So immediately after that, he would have had his first pro year in 2020, but 
That was the COVID year, so Nunez didn't even make it to the Dominican Summer League until 2021, which got him to the Florida Complex League last year and a few starts after being traded for the low-A Delmarva Shorebirds. So Nunez is actually now 22 years old with Delmarva, and so he's kind of old for that level because he is slightly older than average age of a player in that league. And for a prospect, you want a guy to be at least a year or more below the average age for the league. So in that sense, he is old for the level, certainly. But also, he's only thrown 147 and two-thirds innings as a pro, so he's still pretty inexperienced, and that makes him kind of um, an interesting guy, at least to keep an eye on, on the back end of a list, such as the Fangraphs Orioles prospect list actually is kind of high on Nunez. They had him as high as number 20. And about Nunez, they said, quote, he sits 93 to 95 miles an hour with his fastball and has a big sweeping slider. He is short at five foot 11 inches. Yes, that is short for a pitcher, but very strong and stocky. He's not especially projectable, but he is loose and flexible, and he has a powerful lower half. Perhaps the most exciting low-level arm in the system, a developmental starter with a naturally nasty breaking ball. End quote. So, I mean, that's some interesting stuff. You know, if you hear, okay, he's a low-level arm, but he's exciting. That's pretty good, right? So his 2023 stats with the Delmarva Shorebirds, now he's thrown 51 innings over 12 games, and he has struck out 67 batters against 24 walks. And in terms of results, you're talking a 3.74 ERA, a 1.216 whip. He's got the best results of any Delmarva Shorebird starter this season. What to make of a guy like that? You know, I don't know. I just kind of shrug and I feel as cooler people than me now say, let him cook and see what happens. Uh, I think maybe if it was up to me, I would be ready to bump him up to Aberdeen where... I guess maybe one reason they haven't is because the Aberdeen Ironbirds rotation slash bulk bullpen is crowded right now. There are nine pitchers with the Ironbirds who've thrown at least 35 innings this year. So you're talking a lot of guys who are coming in in relief of starters or getting starts themselves. Um, I feel like the promotion candidates, there's really a trio of them for Aberdeen. They have Ryan Long, a 17th round pick from the 2021 draft. A sub one whip so far this season. He's 23 years old. Probably time to test him at Bowie. They've got uh, Jean Pinto, who is 22, acquired in the Jose Iglesias trade. He's repeating at Aberdeen this year. Much more success. His strikeout rate is up 30%. His walk rate is down about 25%. And that's pretty good, right? So, And he pitched last night. Uh, he was dinged for a pair of solo home runs, but he only walked one batter and struck out five over five innings with 72 pitches. So he probably could have gone longer if the Orioles were pushing these guys, you know, to 100 pitches or whatever. I feel like, okay, he repeated at Aberdeen last year. Let's get him to Bowie. And maybe the third guy, although his walk rate is a little bit higher, is Alex Pham, who was the Orioles minor league pitcher of the month for May. He is also 28 years old. Excuse me, 23 years old. And Pham has a 2.58 ERA through his first 11 Aberdeen games this season. And that's a 45 and a third innings where he's got a 1.125 whip. He is striking out 67 batters in those innings. That's a 13.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Pretty good. 
uh, 4.6 walks per nine innings, a little high. So, you know, I don't know. But, I, I mean, you could make the case that any of those guys could be up in Bowie and then get Nunez into Aberdeen and see what happens. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, I just, I don't know what the Orioles are doing with some of these guys. So, you know, as I said in the last episode, there's a number of guys who feel like they are contenders to get promoted to the next level. Uh, the one I singled out last time was Judd Fabian. They didn't promote him. They didn't promote Jackson Holiday. They didn't really promote anybody going into this week of minor league action. You know, there's some more candidates. None of these guys are really going to be talked about uh, over the course of this top 30 prospect list, the composite list that I put together. Um, you know, I, I feel like the only way to find out what they've got is when they're seeming to be clearly better than the level they're at, then get them up to the next level and see what happens. The Orioles, uh, you know, they, they have their reasons for doing things. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Um, although, you know, Orioles, although they're having a lot of success developing pitchers, they, excuse me, developing hitters, they are thus far not having the same level of success developing high-level minor league pitchers. So I don't know. Maybe we don't want to assume their plan is flawless, but whatever, you know. Um, For now, Juan Nunez, he's doing pretty good. Those other guys I named doing pretty good. And we will see when some of these guys start getting promoted. Maybe I will be able to talk about this this time next week. The, The promotion floodgate will finally happen, but for now, it is not happening. And... That's just the way the Orioles are doing it. I don't know. Good luck to them. Because, as I say every episode, they haven't won the World Series in my life, and I'd really like for them to have a plan that will allow that to happen. But, you know, for now, the Orioles are 42 and 24, and that's pretty darn fun. And I'm going to leave it there on that happy note. That's all I've got for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a rating or review and tell an Orioles fan in your life about the show. New episodes will be out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so I will be back with you on Friday, hopefully with at least one Orioles victory to talk about between now and then, if not, if we want to get greedy, too. In between now and then, you can leave a comment for me on camdenchat.com. In the comments there, my name is EatMoreSK. Uh, You can also tweet at me on Twitter at camdenchat. Good morning, Birdland, as a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.